Welcome to the South Canaan Valley Church of Christ podcast. Please enjoy the following study. Amen. What a wonderful service we had so far. Thank you for the songs. Thank you for the prayers. And thank you for our visitors. Thank you for our regular members. It's some we haven't seen in quite a while. And uh, what an awesome time it is to be together and to sing these praises and these songs and to encourage one another to love and good works. Amen. Encourage each other to love and the good works. Well, I have a simple lesson for you this morning. One that really uh, made me take notice of my life and my life really in my marriage and in my family. And I hope it will, and I pray that it will for you too. My goal is very simple, and that is, I want to encourage you never to be satisfied with where you are. By that I mean, I want to encourage you to always grow in spiritual maturity. Don't stop growing. Don't stop the process of growing on and becoming like Christ in your life. Even in your marriage, don't stop. Don't get discouraged because there are going to be tough times and there are going to be bad times and there are going to be some really good times. Hang on. It's what life is all about. And you need Christ. And you need to continue the process of growing in Jesus Christ. Growing to the goal of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Amen. So let's reread that passage in Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, starting in verse 12 again, please. Thank you, Chase, for that reading, by the way. Not that I've already attained. He was speaking of several things before then. One of them was um, the power of His resurrection and being a part of that. Won't that be wonderful, folks, to be a part of that resurrection one day? Be lifted up and always live with Jesus Christ. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. I mean, what a great time that's going to be. But Paul says, now, I haven't already attained the resurrection yet. Not yet. That's coming. And I'm looking forward to it. Aren't you? I pray that you are. Not that I've already attained or am already perfect or perfected. What does that mean? The word perfect, perfected. Well, it means exactly the way it sounds. It means to bring to an end, to be complete. A finished product. You know what Paul was saying? God's not finished with me yet. As long as I live, He's not done with me. And friend, He's not done with you. We need to always constantly remember that. But he says this, But I press on. What does the word press mean? Well, it means literally to run, to flee. It means as in a race. To run swiftly to catch that person in front of you. Won't that be a, an awesome time to win that goal in the end? So Paul says, 
But I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, not forgetting his the things that were troubling him. He's not saying, oh, just totally forget about the sin problem in your life. He's not talking about that. But he's talking about those things that you are losing for the cause of Jesus Christ. You forget those things and you go on in perfection. You go on in order that you can reach forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. What a message that he sends to all of us. Right? Amen. What a message. It's clear. It's simple. It's easy. By the way, any of you ever played the board game called Risk? You have that in your game box? You see, they had that way long, long time ago whenever I was a young man. You're going, really? I thought you played with sticks and kicked the can. I may have done all those things, but I played Risk too. And we, I mean, let me tell you something. With a bunch of Kesslers around playing that game of war, it was a battle. It was real war. And you couldn't give up. No, you couldn't wave your white flag and say, okay, I give up. You won. You are the king of the entire map. You defeated me. No, they wanted to completely annihilate you. There was no quitting. And neither should we quit. There's no giving in in life, is there? There's no giving up. Don't do it. Don't dare give in or give up. You know you're going to lose some battles. But never give in. Never give in. Well, let's talk a little bit about the process of growing and becoming and growing in maturity. We all understand the power of this process of growing. And we understand the basic concept, right? I mean... We're all adults here. Most of us are. A bunch of young folks today. But we know the difference between when we were 9 and 10 and 20 and 21. Big difference, right? Well, that's the way it is in spiritual walk. That's the way it is when we're walking in, along with Christ, walking in this journey of faith. That's, that's typical. That's, that's the idea behind growing. So Peter says this in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18, but grow, grow in what? In the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You want to know what it means to grow? Learn more about Jesus. You want to know what it means to grow? Learn more about what grace means. The mercy, the love, the sacrifice, the commitment. Learn what it means to forgive like Christ. Even when someone didn't ask you to forgive them. You were proactive in that love. Grow, Peter says, in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 
He says this also in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking as newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word that you may do what? That you may grow thereby. When you're growing, when you're becoming like Christ, there are things that you're going to naturally put off. There are things that you're going to naturally put on, right? You're going to put off malice. And instead of malice, guess what you're going to do? You're going to tell the truth. You're going to be honest. You're going to be respectful. You're going to practice a little bit of justice. God's justice. God's will. Christ's love. Instead of being a hypocrite, you're going to be honest to the core, whether it hurts or not. That's what it means to grow. Where do you learn that? In the Bible. In God's Word. That's where you find it. Notice how Paul addresses the process of growing. Colossians 2, verse 6 and 7. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Everything is about Christ. And it should be. He is the one that we look for. He's the goal that we have in mind. He is the high standard. Now there's a bunch of books that are written real well, and it's all in the library. But what you need is the library of Jesus. And that can only come with you digging and crawling and eating the Word of God. That's the only way, friend. I know some of you say, you mean i got to open up God's Word and study it? Well, yeah. Duh. If you want to grow, and if you want to learn what it means to understand who Jesus Christ really is, that's, I mean, that's it. There's no other way that you're going to find out. There's no other way you're going to change your life. How many of you have been trying to change your life on your time and on your will? You know what that's going to get you? You're going to find yourself struggling, disappointed, incomplete, unsatisfied. Right? Maybe some of you are there now, shaking your head, going, yeah, I understand that completely. It can only come from Christ. Why? Why Christ? Well, at an early age, Christ, believe it or not, demonstrated the concept of what it means to grow spiritually. You ever wondered what Christ looked like when he was, let's say, age. 9 and 10. You ever wanted to know what, who Christ looked like? Well, I can tell you right here. Look here. Let's read it together. Luke chapter 2, verse 39 and 40. So when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Now, we haven't gotten to the story yet when he was age 12. 
Now get that. If it's important for Christ to begin at an early age, don't you think it's important for you? Don't you think as a parent it's important for your children to start having and adopt this principle of growing and becoming and know what it means to open up God's Word and what it means to understand who God is, who Jesus is, and why it's important. Well, this continues. You remember the story there when uh, his family was going to Jerusalem to celebrate the Feast of the Passover. It says that when they left, Jesus kind of lingered. You know how when you're young, around 12 years old, you do things that, you know, a little bit different. So Jesus lingered a little bit, and the family, the parents didn't realize that. And then when they realized that, they quickly went back to Jerusalem, and they found Jesus in the temple, and it says that they were astonished, astonished by Jesus' understanding and answers. And they went to him and said, what's going on? He says, I must be about my father's business. And it says in verse 51 that he was subject to his parents. Even Jesus understood the authority of God in his life. And the authority of God is one of the Ten Commandments is to honor thy mother and father. Jesus practiced that, did he not? And it says this of Jesus. Jesus increased in wisdom and stature. Doesn't that define the process of growing? Increasing in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men. This continued, folks, all the way up until Jesus died. This process of growing. Let's read this together. Hebrews 5, 7, and 8. Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him, he was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear. Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. It was an ongoing process. Spiritual growth. Even when you're undergoing suffering, even to the point of death, you are still learning. That process never ends. Even in difficult times. So that's Jesus, our model. That's Jesus, our Lord and Savior. And we're to walk in His steps, right? We're to live like Him. Become like Him. Let me ask you, are you really growing spiritually? Really? Only you would know in your heart and in your mind. Do you really and how are you growing in Jesus Christ? Well, let's talk about Paul. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 and 27. Do you not know that those who run in a race... All run, but one receives the prize. I used to run a lot of 5K races. The very first 5K race I ran, I decided 
it's likely, very likely, that I wouldn't be able to get through it. I didn't want anybody around here to know if I didn't make it or not. So I decided to go some little town, I think it was all the way over here in Tecumseh. I decided to go to Tecumseh to run in a 5K race. No one would be there, right? I wouldn't, wouldn't be around the Christian folks because I didn't want to be embarrassed. So I go there, and guess who I find? Four elders of the church. And all of them were very good runners. And they left me behind in dust. I remember that day because the first half of the race was running against a violent wind. And halfway through, folks, I was ready to cash in, Chris. I was ready. To, I was done. And the only thing that really encouraged me to go along was as I was getting to the halfway point, or halfway to the halfway point, I met one of the elders. He says, come on, Brother Bruce, you can do it. I wasn't going to let that brother down. He encouraged me. And let me tell you something, that was the hardest thing I've ever did. One of the hardest. I wouldn't say it was the hardest, but that, getting through that, was very difficult. So Paul says, don't you know that we are in a race just like that? I trained. I did everything I was supposed to do. I pushed myself. Even when I thought I was going to quit, I pushed, 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 and got through it. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Isn't that a powerful foundation for the process of growing and becoming and growing in maturity? That you train yourself temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight. Paul uses that word, fight. It's something that we need to fight for, to grow. Because, let me tell you something, if you don't fight for that, you won't get it. It's not going to happen. you got to want it and fight for it. Because there's going to be times in which the voice is screaming all around the world is going to say, ah, oh, it's okay, relax. What do you do? It's okay. It's a struggle. It's too hard. You ever thought that? It's too hard. My, my marriage is just too hard right now. It's too difficult. Just let me time out, Lord. Time out. It's time for me to give in. Cash in. Ready to give up. Maybe as a young person, you're struggling with some sin in your life right now, and you're ready to cash in. You, you're done. Paul says no. We do it for an imperishable crown, and that always stays in front of us every step of the way. Therefore, I run thus not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. In other words, Paul has a clear, defined path, and he's not going to sway from it. That's what you and I need to do. Have a clear, 
defined path. But I discipline my body and bring it unto subjection, lest when I preach to others, I myself should become disqualified. Paul says, I learned something about what self-control really means. Are you practicing self-control? It's a powerful element in the process of growing. Paul says this, turn with me to Philippians chapter 3. We were there earlier, but let's read verses 8 through 11 as we talk about what it looks like in the process of spiritual maturity. Verse 8, he says, Yes, yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I suffer the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Paul says, I count all things lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. What have you lost? What have you put aside in order to gain Jesus Christ? in order to learn more about who he is. Paul says that's important. That was something that he came and hit him between the eyes, and he was ready for it. He understood it. He practiced it. He lived it and experienced it. He says, I may have been the greatest student in the whole wide world in Hebrew and Phariseeism, but you know what? None of that makes any difference. I could sit down with the greatest presidents in the whole wide world. Who cares? When it comes... To you and your life with Jesus Christ. And then Paul said at the end of his life in 2 Timothy 4, 6 and 7. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Will that define your life? I fought. The good fight of faith. Because that's what it boils down to. I finished a race. Have you quit? Turn with me and we're going to conclude with this chapter here of a congregation that Paul was addressing. Because I think it's very important in what we're talking about. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. Paul says to the church at Thess Thess Thessalonica, I'll say it, I'll get it out. I am from Georgia, by the way, just to let you know. So, grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3, he says, We are bound to thank God always for you. This could be a letter written to us, right? Perhaps. As it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly. Is our faith as a congregation and our brothers and sisters here, or is, it, is our faith growing exceedingly? And the love of every one of you all abounds toward each other. Is our love abounding? You might be saying, well, Brother Bruce, I see you all the time hugging people. That's abounding. 
No, it's deeper and more broader than that, right? Sacrifice, service, serving one another, loving each other, forgiving each other. Verse 4, so that we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God for your patience and faith and all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. What is he talking about there? Well, if you remember back in Acts chapter 17, the Jews got a mob together and said, okay, we had enough of your teaching the gospel, Paul. That's enough of you. And that's how this church was born. Trial and tribulation, heartache. And yet they were able to grow exceedingly in faith and in love. Isn't that outstanding? Verse 5, Paul says, This, your process of growing, he says, This is manifest evidence of the righteous judgment of God. It's hard to believe that, right? When we're suffering, when we're having to endure trials and tribulations and persecutions and having to endure it, how in the world can we come to the conclusion that this is good? This is the righteous judgment of God. That you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God of which you also suffer since it is the righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation those who trouble you and to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You see the justice is God is holy, he is righteous, and he is just. And he's going to take vengeance on those who trouble us. That's something to hang our hat on, knowing that God has our backside. Even in death, God has our backside. So in conclusion, folks, in conclusion, are you like Christ? Is Jesus the role model for you in your process of growing in spiritual maturity? You see, Jesus knew the Scripture. Do I? Do you? Jesus lived in a relationship with God and could call Him His Father. Do you? And do I have that kind of relationship? Do we respect God's authority? Jesus did. He obeyed his parents and was subject to them. Are we subject to the will of God? Good question, right? Are we like Paul who practiced self-discipline, bringing his body into subjection? What about in our marriages? Do we count it lost in our marriages, those things that are troubling our marriage, or do we just keep them at bay just enough to mess things up just a little bit? What are we doing in our marriage to gain Christ, to make Christ central in our marriages, right? That's something to think about. What have you and I lost in order to gain Christ. Is Jesus. Is God first. In our lives. 
The message is yours for today. I pray you will make that necessary decision, important decision, to make Christ central in your life. Press on. Don't give up. Don't let good times and bad times, especially the bad times, get you down. Don't let the good times make you satisfied with where you are. Because that can happen. Don't blow over your sin problems in your life. Deal with them. Bring them out to Jesus. Let Him help you through the Word of God and through His Holy Spirit. Won't you come as we stand and sing this song? Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. For further information about our church, please go to normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com.